Out. Driver. On in book. Out. Driver. On in book. Um, stealing, you know, the Carlos Santana rejuvenation technique of your career, which is you take somebody who has a really good brand with baby boomers or older. And what you do is then and you, you infuse that person with some youth and you make duet albums, right? So Carl, Carl Santana re-resurrected his career, won so many Grammys, toured, right? Oh, and now he's got that residency at the, yeah. at the fucking Basically, mean like, you know, another whole, a blossom to his career again, right? Another another wave, right? And, and I would go as far as say, pro he's probably... You know, I, mean, he, I think he played Woodstock, right? And Carl Santana. I mean, we're talking. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. So we're talking like an equal level of of you know public consciousness. Carl Santana. So Tony Bennett did that. He did. He did his duets two album, which is he took all these younger artists and did his some of his standards, and he uh, and, and and actually won a couple of a couple of Grammys. And one of them won what it was Amy Winehouse and Tony Bennett did it his song, and so. Uh, Tony Bennett had won uh, earlier in the day, and then the second time he won, and this is the pre-telecast now, and he was at the pre-telecast, very Vince Hill style, very, right? So, so cool. So he, you know, it's cool to see Tony Bennett um, go up there and accept the accolade, and he came out a second time, and you know, so as soon as he had this conversation, you know, he's always calls people up. He, he, first time he did, he called up his son, and then I think it was one of his son's ideas to do this album, this duet album. And then when he won the second time, it was for the Amy Winehouse single um, with him, and he actually had Amy Winehouse's fa uh, parents come up. So obviously she's British, um, and it's her father and mother. Mother's near cripple, right? She barely can walk, and, and they're all, an older couple, and they came up. And, uh, and, and basically, you know, here he gives a speech and, and the father speaks and goes, hey, you know, um, you know, they're starting a foundation, Amy Winehouse Foundation for Dis Disadvantaged Youths in UK and in America. So if somebody people get donates to America, the money will go to Americans, right? You know, but it's going to be this, this foundation. And they talked, and they talked about how Amy, Amy, you know, will always be with us because music is immortal, right? The mu the, that music will all, you know, what she did, was able to do in her short life, right? You know, the, the, the infamous... 27-year-old death, right? You know, of every other, you know, 60s, famous 60 artists, right? You know, um, 27 is always the age. Um, and, and and talking about, hey, you know, um, she's going to live on with us. And one of the things that the father said is that when um, when he heard about her collaborating with Tony Bennett, um, one of his favorite songs that he used to always sing to her as a little girl was the song that he actually played awesome. with Tony Bennett. And so she, he, he goes... So, so when he when when you know, he tells the story when she Amy mentions to him this, that she's gonna collaborate with Tony Bennett and do this particular song, and she said, you know, he says, well, do you know the words, you know, to this song? She's like, Dad, you sang it to me so many times as a baby. This is, you know, this is the song that mattered, right? And kind of talked about a little bit more too about how you know she couldn't get into the performance at the Grammys um, at the fiftieth when right, she right, had right, her right. Back in Black right. album. Um, if that's what it's called, um, <laughs> say CC up or not. Um, but uh, but you know that she couldn't make it because because of her drug conviction or whatever, uh, she wasn't able to get a visa to come into the United States, and um, and so as a result, she had a, she had to you know perform via satellite. And you know, any, as any young musician doesn't appreciate any kind of accolade because when you're young, you know you you really, especially a young woman. Right, you know the world. You think the world revolves around you. You, you, no know, you know, you have no idea. And I think it's, it's one of those things that the appreciations of your career as you get older uh, to say that you made an impact that people actually listen to you um, is something that I think you appreciate more as you get older. So she was a young woman when she won her first couple of Grammys, and when she won Album of the Year, 
right? Her parents revealed that, you know, she actually, at that point, it kind of sunk into her, right? That, you know what, this, you know, I think it was more a self-defense mechanism, right? To not get her hopes up, right? To not be hurt, right? To not believe or try to tear it down her head. But when she won, she, she was super excited, right? And, and it was an emotional time and she, and it was something she appreciated. And you start realizing how much a lot of these times are this, we're really insecure people. Human, human beings are just really insecure. And, and, and when you're a musician, you put yourself out there, people can be really mean to you, Taylor Swift, you know, mm -hmm. thing, right? And, and you're putting yourself out there, you're burying your soul. And if you have any authenticity, you know, and you're performing live, you can make a mistake, you can miss a note. Right. Segue which, which right there, um, you know, and 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 even even with uh, with David Grohl mentioning, hey, we just we recorded it into live tape. You know, sometimes you make mistakes and things aren't going to be perfect. Right. Not everything's going to be sound pitched to be. Which perfect. I was laughing. I'm like, oh, this is the guy who was in Nirvana who made a career about making sure their music was as unperfect as possible. Yes, yes, right. But uh, uh, but no, but it, but it was interesting and, and and that was a really sweet moment. It was neat to see Tony Bennett and the family that was up there. It was awesome. Now yeah. speaking of Tony Bennett, yeah. we got to see Tony Bennett mess up live. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's an old man. Yeah. Oh, but it was cool. It was cool because uh, it was it was just interesting to see. Because first, I was excited to see Tony Bennett multiple times in one day, right? And who was it? Carrie Underwood. It was Tony Bennett, Carrie Underwood. So they're singing that song, and uh, it was kind of cool because he, uh, he he accidentally and, and nobody else caught it. And I don't know if anybody caught it on TV. I haven't heard anyone talk well, about we'll, it. We'll tell specifically what happened. Well, so they're singing, and so they're doing a, a thing where you know Tony Bennett sings a line, Carrie Underwood sings a line, Tony Bennett sings a line, Carrie Underwood sings a line. And there's some line I don't remember what song it was. And then, uh, but there's some line that starts with the word like. And Tony Bennett forgot, and it's a Tony Bennett song, so I'm sure he's just used to a million times his whole life singing the whole song himself, right? Yes, yes. So he just kind of slipped and actually said like, and then stopped. But he was smart enough to stop when he realized he heard her singing like too. So it was like, like. Right? It was very quick, right? Well, hey, like any good musician does, nobody usually notices unless you're a musician and you act like that's what's supposed oh, to happen. Exactly. He did. Well, He's a real consummate professional. Right. He just kept well, on going. And Al and I have some tricks we're not going to admit to you here, <laughs> but he should have pulled an Al Riva. And I'm not going to admit to you what that was, but I would, I would not have noticed if he pulled the Al and Al trick. <laughs> So, just in case you didn't know yet, you are listening to Latindian Style, the podcast. And I'm your host, Anand Bhatt, tu Latindio. So keep listening, we're going to have some fun. Today we're going to talk about instant calm. Now, this is a trick called a forest bathe. All right, and it works in the winter as well. If you're in a warm climate, uh, this is awesome. But in the winter, it works super well. All right, so here's what a forest bathe is. All right, so the forest bathing, it involves immersing yourself in nature, but in a mindful way. All right, and 
In the winter, it works great. Now, imagine, imagine you're walking along a foresty path, trying to focus on your breath, but the air is really thin and icy. All right, so forest bathing is a form of meditation that was first popularized in Japan. All right, so according to the Association of Nature and Forest Therapy Guides and Programs, the benefits of forest bathing may lower cortisol, boost your immune system, and improve your mood. But you shouldn't be doing it for a particular reason. There's a uh, Ramakrishna saying that uh, you can't have uh, you can't have boga and yoga at the same time. And boga kind of means enjoyment, uh, and and more in the terms of engaging the world. So most people who are doing yoga are technically doing boga because they're doing it in uh, bogus yoga, right? That's it's not where it comes from, but it's funny. Uh, but they're doing it from a point of getting physical benefits and that's that almost defeats the purpose you should not have a physical worldly goal with your meditation all right now i know i know you're watching this video or listening to this to get instant calm but uh this will work for that too but hopefully as you go through your meditation you you can break away from having goals in the first place right but uh, of course that's that's an act of grace uh if that happens so what you do is you try to get to a forest or a hiking path, and the colder it is outside, the better, right? And try to focus on your breath as you're, as you're breathing in that icy, cold air, all right? So imagine you begin to walk, and you view your thoughts as logs floating down a river, all right? With you on the bank, simply letting each one pass by. But it's hard to stay right there and not to seek additional stimulation. You know, you're going to be compelled to chatter, hum, grab onto a log thought, untangle some problem in your head. But just when your thoughts begin to rush faster and faster, you stop and stare upward. And look at the height of the trees. Look at the variations in the bark. Notice the shades of stuff that might be growing on the trunks or if there's snow on the ground, snow on the ground. All right, pass your hand over an icicle and feel what it feels like. This is called forest bathing. All right, so next time you have a chance, even if you can't get to a forest, let's say you're in an office or you're on an airplane or something, imagine this going on in your head. Just imagine yourself in a forest. If you can get out there for real, even better. It works superbly. But if you can imagine yourself walking through a forest, and breathing in that super cold, icy air, which forces you to slow down and focus on the cold and the visuals and what it feels like. All right, it will give you instant calm. Try it right now. What's up, guys? Today, we are going to unbox and take a look at Ubru turmeric capsules. Uh, Ubru sent me these, and we are opening it now for the first time to check out to see what you get in the box when you get these ideal turmeric, it's called. All right, so here's what's in the box. Our Ubru and a very cool travel pouch. Open this pouch. Get the vial. 
this file will come in handy for the traveling because if you want to take, here's their recommended uh, dose. One capsule, three times a day with fat-containing food. That's very smart, it's very good advice. Um, I often just kind of mix mine in a protein shake just to actually get, um, just, <laughs> just to cut the taste a little. But this is great, because this is, this is capsule form. Got very nice, only a slight uh, turmeric smell, which is great. And as you can see, these are pretty good quality. This is still pretty nice and bright yellow. Obviously, when you get dried turmeric, uh, the yellowness, that bright neon yellowness, uh, starts to fade pretty quickly. It doesn't mean it's uh, it's losing its potency, though. All right, so one of these capsules. Now, let me show you something. This is how I normally take So, my little bottle labeled Hobie. It's messy, it stains, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy to use, and I will use a minimum of a quarter teaspoon to a maximum of a teaspoon a day. Uh, I like using my cooking as well, but uh, you know I, I usually mix this in a protein shake just to cut that turmeric, and and it and it stains everything it touches, right? So capsule form, uh, it may make me pee bright yellow, but uh, capsule form is a godsend. So thank you, Ubru, and uh, let's let's take our daily turmeric. All right, now as usual, please do check out my artist profile on Spotify. Follow and let me know what you think. I look forward to hanging out with you again. Love you guys.